The following program has mature content and offensive material. If you are easily offended or you can't take a joke, please do not listen. 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 76.1 The Vault. Hey, this is comedian Big Mike, and you're listening to my best friend in the wasteland, 76.1 The Vault. You know, this is so good. They made all the ATM machines slide. You know, slide. You know what I'm talking about? Because women can get that money, you know what I mean? And women can give other women. You gotta watch how women do things. Pussy been here since the bottom. What y'all think that apple that Adam made was? You think Adam made just an apple? It had to be pussy, you know what I'm saying? I got a wrong imagination. But I've had some friends that said, you know what, Big Mike? If it ain't done in heaven, I'm going to go down to hell because you know the devil got something out of that. Devil bad motherfucker. You know he got something out of that. He got up. We're going to sodomize everybody down here. Turn the heat up. I'm going to take a run and start at it, and don't let your brain jump out of your head when you hear me start talking all that shit. 76.1 The Vault, you're with your best fucking friend in the wasteland. Hey gang, how's it going? It's been going pretty good for me. We're getting our first heat waves up here in the uh, mountain here at Camp Midgeway. We're having a good time getting down to 42 degrees at night. What the fuck happened? To global warming, I guess, you know, we're just keeping it chill up here. And also keeping it chill is my best friend in the wasteland, a new guy I am going to introduce you to this week. His name is Comedian Big Mike. Yeah, man, how you doing, man? I'm out in beautiful Myrtle Beach. So what do you My do? wife and I decided to take a little short vacation. How's everything? Oh, man, it is going great. I live on vacation up here in the mountains where I am. But I do love to go to Myrtle Beach. I hung out up in North Myrtle Beach and Barefoot Landing for many, many moons now. And I know my way around Kings Highway very well. Uh, I'm glad to hear you're in Myrtle Beach. Have you got any big plans for this weekend? Oh, yeah. I'll probably go do everything I can to just live on the edge a little bit. I might take a chance at a helicopter ride. Might even take my wife on a little small cruise. Oh. You know. Just some beautiful, some nice, some intimate. You can go up to uh, Cherry Grove and get on those gambling boats and, you know, let's just bet the nest egg this weekend and go for broke. Hey, <laughs> Mike, I watched, <laughs> I watched some of I your, <laughs> I, I watched some of your stand-up sets. I love the, uh, the dancing when you come in. What's the song you like to come into when you go up on stage? I always like to come up with the, for the love of money. By the OJ. Right. I always um, have a bet um, about a preacher bullshitted me one time and uh, didn't want to pay me at the end of the day. Kind of like broke down the whole thing, how he wasn't going to pay me through a little sermon like he was preaching to me. So I always like to come out to that sometime. So, Mike, um, did you grow up in North Carolina or the Myrtle Beach area? Where are you from? I'm from a little small town outside of Durham. North, going towards Virginia, called Roxboro. Roxboro. Yes. Roxboro. That is the snow capital of Central North Carolina. If anyone is going <laughs> to get snow, it's Roxboro. It's Roxboro. And 
And uh, so, Mike, how long have you been uh, in the comedy business? I've been in the comedy business now approximately 14 years. And uh, I got founded uh, on a, really actually on a bet one night. Uh, a friend of mine called himself going to put me on the show and uh, as a bet. And I always wanted to do comedy. I told him, and he said, I'll bet you if I got you a show, you wouldn't do it. I said, yeah, give me a show, I'll do it. And uh, me and my wife, we went out to that show that night. It's just like a, a little uh, a little start in Danville, Virginia. I never forget it. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I was opening for D. Tony Woods, world-renowned. Flies all around the world doing comedy. Tony Woods uh, recently on Netflix with Dad Reddy with uh, Tiffany Haddish, Tony Woods. Him and Nick Lewis was at that show. Uh, they were going to be the headliners. And all that time, they had been going there. And I had never been a comic or ever did comedy. They had been going there. And everybody knew they were a big deal but me. I didn't really know nothing but the big, big comics. Like your uh, Eddie Murphy's and stuff like that. I you know, I knew the famous people, but I, I didn't know the comedy people that Def Comedy Jam and all those comics that were out working the comedy scene. Um, and Tony Woods and Nick Lewis were there, and uh, they got lost coming there. And the promoter asked me to go out, start the show. But if you start to mess it up, go to the DJ, have not played music, but do not ruin my comedy. <laughs> okay. First time out. And so I went out and I run my stuff. I had material that I wrote down and I run it. And the stuff that I practice on the guys at work. Um, I'm a union pipe fitter uh, by trade and uh, and and I practice on some of my material at work and those guys ate it up. And so I went out and did it. And uh, Nick Lewis and Tony Woods tell me this story where they got ready to, Nick grabbed the door, opened it and laughed to come out the door. And they like, closed the door. So who's working in our place? You know, and they he said, no, this guy ain't never been out before. They said, well, he got him laughing. Let's go see what he's talking about. Let's see what he's doing. And they went and sat at the bar. I noticed them, but I didn't know who they were. I went on run my material. And I come off. They approached me and asked me, who, who taught me that? Who, who taught me how to do that? And I said, nobody. I knew. And uh, they were like, you're a natural. You want to open for us again at TJ's Nightlife in Raleigh? About 400 people, I said, yeah. And I went on out and did that, and the rest is history. They passed me around, and I started to do comedy for nothing, absolutely nothing. And sometimes you still have to do it for nothing, you know, just so you can get what you need from it. I do a lot of open mics now for nothing, just so I can get the practice in that I need, just like a basketball player practicing. Yep, working out. And, uh... How long, when was that that you did that, that you opened up for Tony Wood? Um, I think that was 2005 or 2007. Okay. No, it was 2006. It's actually October the 9th, 2006. And, and, Virginia. and when you get up there in front of people and you make them laugh, you get that response. That's like a drug, isn't it? It, it really is. It's, uh, my wife often tells me that I stay high on that. Uh, is is because you know I've always been a class clown. Even in school, I got a howl for people laughing and being happy off something I said. So you know it was just in me. It's it's a drilling rush to have it, you know. And you never 
good enough. I know the other night I'm going to have to do a show. And I got my wife, hey, send me the material to my phone. And I'm going to use my phone. And I go out to do it. And all the material that she sent me, I did none of it. I did all new material. <laughs> and it was crazy because, you know, and, and, and she was like, I can't believe you got me to send it to you and you didn't even use it. And then the next show I had to do, I actually ran that material and they loved it. And she said, I told you, you should have ran up the first, on the first show. You know, I got one of those. I got, I tell her often we, we should do it as a combination show where she's in the background telling me no or yes to the material that I'm running. <laughs> well, you're much like me that, I mean, I, I get more enthusiastic about new material when I'm going out, you know, it, it sucks when it bombs, but it's, it's fun to go out there and try it, you know, and I get enthusiastic about it the first time and depending on the response might depend on how enthusiastic I stay about that. Big Mike. Um, what, what was your worst gig so far? Have you got any hell gig stories? Can you tell me something? Tell me about something bad that happened when you were trying to get out there. Yeah. Try to remember bombing, but we don't like to remember. Uh, I guess I did a gospel comedy one time, and uh, I just I almost slipped up and cussed, and uh, and, and 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 then once I did it, I froze and didn't run the material. So you cussed, and then, and then you froze, and then you forgot where you were at, and what you were supposed to be doing. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> my mama was there and she had never been to one of my gospel comedies and she swelled out to me that she ain't been because she bet I'd cuss her. But I said, no, I want mama I'm a professional. And, and I had to do one for her church. And I was there doing it and they gonna mess around and guy, you know, they were laughing and having a good time and I got high minded. And uh, messed around and cussed. And everybody stopped laughing and just froze. And I did too. And I couldn't run the rest of my team. So what did you do? I stood there for a few minutes and then tried to run something. And it sounded like I was just talking on the mic. And I, was, I just finally said, Big Mike, and I'm gone, y'all. And everybody started saying, Ooh, your mama going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, give me the aunt my, mama, I mean, my wife just had to remind me of that just now. Well, you told me about your first gig uh, that that you just, I mean, it sounded like you never even went to an open mic. You just kind of went out there and did that, and, uh, and it was successful, and it sounds greatly successful, but was that your best gig, or do you have a better gig story to tell me?
coming back, you know, coming back, you know, to drop him off and everything. He, you know, the whole time he rode in the car, it was just like riding with a with 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 the comedy show. It really was his whole personality. He could absolutely do the comedy show all day off his personality. So he just he's just zinging them right and left. He's just on. It's showtime. Yep, his life was showtime. Well, okay. recently I passed away. Rest in peace. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, yeah, you know, who would you say your biggest influence has been in comedy? Who did you see? Like you said, you were the class clown and. You know, I mean, I loved Eddie Murphy when I was a kid. You know, I watched Delirious and Raw and stuff like that. Um, but who would you say when you got into comedy or you, you saw them and you thought about getting into comedy, who would you say was your biggest influence? I was, I would want to say Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy really was funny to me, you know. I remember all the rush hours and everything. I mean, you know, I mean, not rush hour, um, all the uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, yeah. The, I, I mean, I remember all the movies that he played in that were funny, like The Golden Child and all of that. I just, I loved Eddie Murphy as a, as a comic. And also Bill Cosby. I loved, I really loved Bill Cosby. And I would say my most favorite was Richard Pryor from a childhood. And then I also loved Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, Dolomite, with all the, the his own movies and all the stuff that he did with the industry. I had the whole collection. You know, I've watched Dolomite a couple of times, and I have laughed, but I, I don't think I was laughing with them. It's when, when you see the boom mics up in the top of the, the shots, you know, and so it's got some pretty bad editing and stuff, but I mean, it's, it's funny, but I think it's kind of unintentionally funny to me, but I, I get yeah, what you're I saying. Think, I think the art of it is, I think he was trying to expose the fact that he didn't have what he needed to do the movies and yet was doing the acting, the, the, the movement, everything. I think he incorporated that into the comedy of it, and that was the art of it itself. You know, when he had the ceilings breaking loose and you could see the, the trains and stuff moving up and down. Yeah. The hold it up, beds moving where you see, you, you could tell it's rigged up. I think that was part of the law. And he went into, I think he just went into a hotel and there was like crackheads or whatever, <laughs> my kids or whatever they were at the time. It was just like druggy people and all that stuff. And they just started shooting that movie in there. That was a okay, right? Uh, Big Mike. There's a lot of people out there listening right now that are young and are thinking about getting into comedy. If you had words of wisdom for a young person that was looking to get into comedy, what would you tell them? I would tell them that be ready to do a lot of shows for nothing. That coming into it, you're not going to get paid, but. It's, a, it's, it's worth it in the long run. And if you have a family, make sure you stay a family man. If you're going to be on the road, make sure that you still stay a family man. Mike, do you have any uh, big Mike dates coming up anytime soon? 
Well, I should have a couple in August, but I don't want to say, say, to mislead anybody. But uh, um, we're working on some things coming off of COVID. I'm just starting to get started back up and opening myself. I've been vaccinated myself, and um, I'm just opening myself up to actually doing shows. So um, we'll, we'll see. I'm pretty sure it'll be a, a pretty busy summer. All right, well, we've seen you over at TJ's in Raleigh. He's a very funny man. Ladies and gentlemen, that is comedian Big Mike. Big Mike, thank you so much for joining me here on The Wasteland today, 76.1 The Vault. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome, my friend. It's Captain One-Eyed Winky. It's him. What a big one-eyed winky wieners just grab that wiener with both hands and put it in your mouth yes sir i know what you're thinking a weenie can't be winking the one-eyed winking wiener that winks at you when it's cooked one-eyed winky wieners the wieners that wink when you cook them This is comedian Rob Schneider, not that one, host of the Dirty Bull Open Mic, and you are listening to my best friend in the wasteland, 76.1 The Vault. I am Rob Schneider. That really is my name. I didn't make that up. Uh, I'm cool with it, though, because I've had a few people tell me I remind them of Vince Vaughn, and I would much rather look like Vince Vaughn and have the name Rob Schneider than the other way around, because... If my broadcast looked like the other Rob Schneider, I'd be more like Steve Carell, a 40-year-old virgin. But uh, I am excited to be here. Hopefully you guys are as well. I am, I'm also excited about football. We're, we're finally into like the real season NFL. Uh, anybody else? Yeah, make some noise. Yeah. We're, we're into week two, and the Carolina Panthers are already out of playoff contention. So they are well ahead of schedule. So uh, it's going great. Uh, I'm just glad we're moved, we've moved on past preseason because some of the preseason games were tough to get through. Like the first game, the first preseason game of the season is kind of cool. Like the first preseason NFL game of the year is like bad sex. It's it's been a, you're only enjoying it because it's been so long since the last time you had it, and you're really into it at first. By the end, you're just ready for this to be over with. All right, boys and girls, I have got a special treat for one and each and every one of you. Yes, I do. I've got a new friend in the wasteland, and I am going to introduce each and every one of you to my new friend. It's Not That Rob Schneider, and welcome to the show, Not That Rob Schneider. Thank you. He's a man of many words, ladies and gentlemen. It's incredible to have him here. He's a very funny comedian based in the central North Carolina Triangle area. I met Rob Schneider myself back in November of 2019 doing my third and final performance at an open mic. Yes, at the peak of the vine and apex, Rob Schneider hosted and actually made fun of me for my act only lasting three minutes when it was a five-minute limit. But you know me, if I don't come in three, it's free for the next time. So, Rob, not that Rob Schneider from Central North Carolina. Tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, and what got you started into stand-up. I'm a CPA. I work uh, as an auditor at a CPA firm, and uh, I 
always enjoyed stand-up comedy. I never saw myself doing it, but I was asked to do a fundraiser for a local nonprofit in the community. And I work with a lot of nonprofits, so it was a good opportunity for me to kind of help give back to, to some local nonprofits. And what this opportunity was, was a fundraising show, comedy show at Good Nights. It was called The Search for the Funniest Accountant. And uh, which the name in and of itself is kind of funny because accounts typically are not funny. But I did this show at Good Nights. The show was made up entirely of people in the accounting industry with little to no comedy background. And uh, did well enough that they invited me to do that again. And I eventually ended up winning the title, North Carolina's Funniest Accountant. Um, from there, I had a an actual professional comedian that was there that encouraged me to do more with it. So I got started just by going to open mics and really, uh, really uh, was welcomed by the local comedians in the area. And from there it took off and I started kind of running my own shows. And, and uh, as far as, when was, oh, sorry. when was the first, uh, the first time you got up on stage in front of people? back in 2014 but it was it was a couple years before i started doing it on a regular basis so i would say i've really been actively doing stand-up for about five years now okay well that's awesome who would you say your biggest comedic influence is as far as as far as famous comedians i would say my style is most comparable to Nate Bergazzi. I'm, I'm not quite as clean as Nate Bergazzi always, but in terms of how he puts sets together based on stories and personal observations, I would say I'm probably most closely aligned to, to Nate. Nate Bergazzi's a very funny comedian. I enjoy his work very much. Uh, so what was your first paying gig when you were getting into stand-up the first thing where you were going over there and you knew you were going to get a paycheck uh it's it's funny you ask that because pay means so many things to a lot of local comics uh some comics if you if your drinks are free they say they count it as a paid gig but in terms of getting an actual a paycheck for doing that or um Probably 20, I would say 2017, after I started running an open mic at Dirty Bull, people noticed me and started putting me on book shows. And I, I want to say that um, I ended up doing, uh, I can't remember the place right offhand, but I ended up getting booked on a show where I got like 20 bucks to do like 10 minutes or something and you know at that point i i thought i'd made it as a comic i was like someone's actually going to pay me to tell jokes so i at that point i was on cloud nine from there but uh the biggest paid thing that i've done is uh in 2019 before covid hit and shut everything down i got booked on a, a handful of shows at raleigh improv where i was i was hosting i hosted for mark curry who was on um Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yeah, I remember and, him. Yep, and I also hosted for John Hinton, who was on uh, Living Single back in the day. Yep, and uh, and also uh, uh, Mike Mello, feature act in the uh, Mark Curry show. 
And he's also, I hope to have him on the show soon. He's a very funny man, too. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I love Mello. Rob, tell me about your uh, your worst gig, your worst heckler, your worst experience being up on stage. That is easily uh, Bud's Tavern up in Roseville. Uh, <laughs> it is in the middle of nowhere. Literally, I was driving to this place, and there's nothing but trees on both sides when, when my GPS says, you've arrived at your destination. I'm like, what the woods? And, and I drove just a little bit further and there was a slight break in the woods where you drive into a dirt road and there's like an old shack there. And I was, I was doing, I was supposed to be doing, uh, 30 minutes. And I would say about 12 of that, actually 12 to 15 of that was this um these two ladies that just made themselves part of the show the one lady at one point she was flirting with me she brought she bought me a beer and brought it on stage to me while i was in the middle of my set she tried to set me up with her friend uh during the show like while i still while i was on stage performing um, to which I said, you're going to have to buy me a lot more beer if you want me to hook up with that lady. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, I mean, she just wouldn't, wouldn't let it go. I, I, I managed to make fun of her and make it funny and still get in some of my, my set, but it was just, it, it was the first time where it was just like relentless where like someone who was just obviously had too much to drink just wouldn't shut up. That was where I met uh, met Mike Mello. Uh, I did Bud's Tavern my very first time doing an open mic at like seven o'clock on a Sunday evening, <laughs> and I know I know what you're talking about. There was eight people there. It was great, <laughs> and it is a freaking hole in the wall little place. They were having a spaghetti dinner. I was like, Nah, buddy, I'm good. I'm no, no, I'm not having any of it. Y'all killed something out here and cooked it up. I ain't having any of that shit today. So, Rob, I mean, you've been in this for five years. You've been working hard. You've got a, a local following, a whole lot of the local uh, Central North Carolina comedians, and really uh, across the state, a lot of people know you. Um, what would you say your best gig to date has been? My best gig probably was... I would say the John Hinton show only because that's that's my that's my biggest gig so far. Uh, that I, that was at Raleigh Improv. It was it was the one show that I did that was actually sold out at the Raleigh Improv. So there were over five hundred people there for that show, and that was you you hit that moment where you 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 hit on a joke that connects with everybody there, and you have like literally 500 people laughing at you it was like that was the moment where i was just like okay i could quit my day job and, and if i could get this reaction every day i would totally go on the road tomorrow right on yeah and and um and i'm telling you i mean if i could keep the bills paid and just make people laugh that would be a dream come true for me just because it's it's like a drug to me when I get that reaction from people, and you know it's it, it's such a good feeling. I, I really enjoy that. Um, 
if if you were going to talk to a young person or an old person, you know, I, I was 48 before I ever got up on stage and told a joke in front of people. Um, if you had words of wisdom for somebody that was thinking about getting into stand-up comedy, what would you tell them? A couple of things I would say is you can never be too prepared. Uh, I, I run through sets. I, I still run through sets if I've got a big gig coming up. Um, so, like, you, you it, it helps with a couple of things because timing is really important. Like, just not only in terms of, like, timing as far as how you land jokes, but just knowing how much time you have for your set and, and making sure you fit into that because that is an easy way to get uh, get kicked off of shows is just running, running over your time. Um, so it's important to know, to run through it enough to know exactly how long each bit takes you to do. Um, the other thing I would say is just find where you're most comfortable and what you need to do. Like get a, get a pre-show routine that you go through and, and stick to it. Like for me, I, I'm not a huge drinker, but I find that I am most comfortable on stage if I'm on like my second or third drink. So I, it, it really, it, it really became regimented when I started doing improv shows because you're doing two shows a night. And so about 30 minutes before I would start drinking and I'd be on my third drink as I walked on stage. And I was right where I wanted to be. I was, um, the, the way I like to explain that is I am sober enough to know what I want to say, but I'm tipsy enough to not care what you think. And right. I think that's where you want to be when you're on stage. Um, you, you, you've got a direct message that you want to get out there and you think it's funny and you don't really, you don't really care if it's going to be controversial or might, might, you know, rub people the wrong way you're just going to get out there and you're, you're going to do your thing and let the chips fall where they may and that's that's where your best performances come from right on right on those are some great words of wisdom and i'm sure that will fuel uh many new up-and-coming people as they are looking to step into the pool that is stand-up comedy rob schneider not that rob schneider uh, do you have any dates coming up? Uh, and I know you mentioned the Dirty Bull, and I see updates for that all the time. Make sure you let everybody know about that. Yeah, Dirty Bull is the big – that that's my, my pet project. That's probably the thing I'm most proud of. I started that open mic back in 2017. So I've been running that for uh, a little over four years now, um, minus the time it was shut down for the pandemic. But uh, that has – most open mics for uh, anybody that hasn't been to one, it's it's really kind of practice for comics. There's not a lot of times there's not established comics, so you're not drawing in big crowds typically at an open mic. And Dirty Bull has been kind of the exception. The crowds have I've had seventy or eighty people uh, show up for these these open mics and just really stick around and really be involved and engaged. So it's it's brought in a lot better uh, quality comedians because I, I'll have headliners that are getting ready to do a show and they're working on new material and they'll come out there because that's where they want to try it out at. So that happens every Friday at 8 o'clock. 
As far as other shows I've got coming up, I am hosting for Mark Brady tonight at Barrel Culture. That show starts at 7.30. It's a ticketed show. There's t- there's still tickets available. Uh, there's, there's a few tables left. They are, they're still in the COVID uh, social distancing pricing set. So they're, they're pricing things by table so that they're not, you don't get put at a table with someone you don't know. So they're, they're doing two top four top and six top tables uh, for, for Mark Curry. Uh, so I'm excited or not. I'm sorry, not Mark Curry, Mark Brady, uh, Mark Brady. He, uh, he just recorded his debut comedy album at good nights, uh, earlier this week. So he is fresh off of that. And if you didn't catch him at good nights, you'll be able to catch him at Bureau culture tonight. Uh, on July 4th, I am at James Joyce and Durham doing, uh, doing about 20 minutes there. That's an eight o'clock show. And uh, later in July, I am on Good Nights as part of their uh, NC's Funniest Comedians uh, competition. So I'll be doing that. And then uh, the only other thing I've got that I'm really excited about is I'll be back at Barrel Culture in August. I'll actually be headlining there. I'll be doing a 45-minute set on August 20th at Barrel Culture. That's awesome. And Dirty Bull is located where? That's every Friday night at eight o'clock, right? Yes, that's downtown Durham. It's uh it's at the corner of North and Broadway in downtown Durham. Excellent. Rob Schneider, not that Rob Schneider. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It was my pleasure. I was glad to be a part of it. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, buddy. You got it. Anytime. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I went shopping with my wife recently before the season started. I went to her her favorite store, Bath & Body Works. And uh, she was out of her favorite fragrance called Happiness. We looked all over that store and could not find happiness anywhere. I felt way too familiar, but... uh, we grabbed someone for, to ask for help. We said, uh, we're looking for this. And sales associate said, I'm sorry, we have discontinued that fragrance. Someone made a conscious decision to get rid of all happiness in all of their stores. It pissed me off because if someone's going to take away my wife's happiness, damn it, it's going to be me. That's what husbands do. Am I right, sir? Yeah, that's what we do best. My wife is also out of hope. Dreams, ambition. <laughs> These aren't fragrances you'll find at Bath and Body Works. I'm saying she's married to me. Like that went out the window a long time ago. Uh, while I was there, I started looking around. I noticed they have some unusual names for their fragrances. It really kind of bothered me. They uh, they were selling tubes uh, like these little small tubes of fresh water for like fifteen dollars. Seems outrageous. I grabbed a manager. I said, where the hell do you think we are, Flint, Michigan? (laughs) Too soon? Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, They had had other fragrances uh, that were just named after basic stuff that people need, like sleep and stress relief. And it seems like a scam because just, just because it says sleep on the bottle, like, I don't think you're actually going to sleep better just because you buy this. And the prices, again, I just couldn't get over it. They were selling these small tubes of, like, stress relief lotion for $15. And as a guy, any lotion can be stress relief lotion. <laughs> I, uh, I, 
I use uh, I use uh, I use the economy size 80 ounce stress relief lotion. I buy it at BJ's. It's cheaper than a BJ. By my math, that would cost me somewhere between $40 and half of everything I own, depending on whether or not my wife finds out. This is comedian Rob Schneider, not that one, host of the Dirty Bull Open Mic, and you are listening to my best friend in the wasteland, 76.1 The Vault. 76.1 The Vault.